Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Ashlyn. And, and this, this is the Ice Cream Social. Valentine's as an excuse. It's really just because I missed her for the week she was gone. Oh, well, I missed I missed you tons. But yeah. listen, guys, it's a wine glass and it says, I don't give a sip. <laughs> it was too perfect not it's to amazing. pass up. I was like, this is, this is it. <laughs> how was your trip? Amazing. So you stayed in how many haunted hotels? <laughs> just two that I know of. Oh, yeah. of course, of course, that you know of. Yeah. We, uh, we, we really tried to stay at the Stanley Hotel, um, but it was, it was literally booked for the whole, like, Forever? week and a half yeah. that we were there, the entire time. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. All 140 rooms. When was, like, their next available date? Something I, I crazy? Mean, I think, like, three weeks later. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So they're not, like, terrible, but obviously you're not gonna be like, well, we're here for a month now. Right. I mean, we could have. That would have been wonderful, yeah. <laughs> How was the wedding? Oh, it was beautiful. So I didn't realize it was the Erica I've met. Yeah, yeah, from Kickball, right? Her, yeah, yeah, her pictures were so I gorgeous. I her little, like, fur throw. I know. Perfect winter bride <laughs> vibes. I mean, mm -hmm. it was so, Erica, if you're listening, your pictures were gorgeous. <laughs> I know. Someone asked me at work today, they were like, did she win, like, a dream wedding package? <laughs> It looked like it. Yeah. Like, did did a magazine show up and just start shooting? Because it was it was magical. That's the only word I can use. To Even in just pictures, it looked like an absolute dream. It was mm -hmm. gorgeous. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, and then like we we did the whole skiing thing when we were there, and then we did the whole haunted ghost town thing a couple days after that, which was great. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm also currently trying to coerce Abby into going to Harper's Ferry with me. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I say coerce lightly because you were immediately like, yes, when are we going? <laughs> There's no coercion. <laughs> There's no coercion whatsoever. She's immediately willing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, when and where. Um, oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so glad to be back. Like you said, I'm getting, like, the, the nervous sweats because it's been a while. I know. I feel like it's, it's only been, like, two weeks, but I feel like it's been... It's, it's felt been like long. a lifetime. No. <laughs> I'm sure it's felt like an eternity for our listeners. <laughs> oh, I know. I was so amazed. I had, like, a couple people... And just in the nicest way, like, I can't wait for the next episode. Like, when's the next episode come out? And I was like, air flip. We're famous. No. Um, but I was genuinely just so excited that people were so excited to listen to our next episode. That's awesome. And it's a doozy. Yeah, guys, this one's real rough. Literally buckle up. <laughs> Especially if you're driving and listening to this. Definitely buckle up. Yeah. You, it might make you want to drive your car off the road. But don't. Don't. Or do no, don't. No, don't. <laughs> don't. no, 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 don't, don't, don't. Intrusive uh, thoughts. No. Yeah, like trigger, like big trigger warning here, and like everything that can trigger Just you. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah. Gore. Yeah. I don't want to go on. Yeah. We'll get there. You'll see. All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So um, my story that I have for you today was inspired by the first haunted hotel that we stayed at. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> and jealous, but mostly ready. <laughs> so the first, so both of the hotels that we stayed in that were haunted were in the town of Victor in Colorado, 
which used to be like this um, very, I guess, popular gold mining town. Naturally. But, yeah, but now like the population is like 400. Oh, all right. Yeah, but all of the old buildings are still there. And so the hotel that we stayed in the first night was called the Black Monarch. This sounds so great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this boutique Airbnb type place that back in the day it used to be a brothel, a gentleman's club. All the best things. A yep. casino, a bar. Sounds like my kind of place. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but now it's a hotel, obviously, that they've redone, and it's got, like, the creepiest vibes, and every room in the hotel is named after a different serial killer. Love it. Yes. Did it feel spooky when you walked in? I would say that it did, yeah. <laughs> little unsettling. <laughs> yeah. It's got, like, creepy decorations everywhere, um, but... Yeah, it's, it was a dream. It's great. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was gonna say because now we have two mics, so I get to face you. So I love that I get to look at you while you talk <laughs> instead of just staring at your kitchen. I can like, anyway, feel your eyes on me. <laughs> I'm staring right at her very intently. <laughs> yes. Anyway, continue. So the room that I obviously wanted to stay in was the Elizabeth Bathory room. Love it. Yes. Um, oh, but first I have to tell you my joke. Oh, of course. What did the photon say when it was asked to check a bag? What? No thanks, I'm traveling light. <laughs> okay, so Elizabeth Bathory. No. <laughs> yes. So uh, it's, it's more, the more correct pronunciation is Elizabeth Bowtery. Oh, Bowtery. Yeah. We're yeah. going to learn a lot of new things today. <laughs> Well, I, I tried because so many people know this story that I was, like, looking for Bow-tory. the specifics. Yes. I just want to say bath. Bowtery. 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 Got it. And the Hungarian form of her name is actually Bowtery Erzabet. Erzabet. Yes. Which is, like, Elizabeth. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Bowtery Bowtery Erzabet. Yes. Um, but we're going to call her Elizabeth. We're going to call her <laughs> Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, so Elizabeth was a Hungarian countess. Infamously known for torturing and murdering young women and girls, possibly numbering more than 600. Jesus. In the 16th and 17th century. Morbidly, she holds the Guinness World Record for most prolific female murderer. I mean, Mm -hmm. congrats. (laughs) Uh, Many also cite her as the first vampire in history. What? As she's well known as the Blood Countess and for her reputation of drinking her victim's blood and bathing in it to keep her youthful appearance stop my story is also about someone that has a nickname of a vampire really yes oh yeah oh yeah i didn't even put that together (laughs) i wrote this and i forgot to call her that well that's like the only acknowledgement of that and it's also believed that like this and her bathing in blood was a total elaboration on the truth well you know never let the truth get in the way of a good story (laughs) exactly who cares if we're lying? Who cares? Who's going to look it up? <laughs> Please don't look this up. No. <laughs> Go for it. Find a single flaw, I dare you. <laughs> or, or don't. Um, anyway. Now, Elizabeth was born August 7th, 1560. Same. Which makes her a Leo. Oh. Which isn't super surprising. I'm looking at you, Mike and Audrey. <laughs> oh, my God. So Elizabeth was born in Nier Bator, Hungary, which I looked up that pronunciation. A beautiful place. Nier Bator. 
Elizabeth was born into an extremely wealthy and very powerful family of nobility in Hungary. Her family controlled Transylvania, and her uncle, Stephen Bautery, was even king of Poland. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, Elizabeth was born in her family's castle in Echid, Hungary. And there was quite a bit of inbreeding going on in this family, <laughs> as was kind of the custom back then, you know, to like keep Ugh. the wealth in the family, yeah, bloodline. Blood pure. pure yeah. Ew. For example, her parents were first cousins. Oh, nice. Classy. And this is possibly why she was very unhealthy even as a child. And uh, she was described at the time as having a weak constitution, and it's thought that when she was young, she suffered from epilepsy. Although, oh, wow. Yes. They didn't have a word for it then or a treatment for it. Right, anything, right. But they, she's just crazy. Yep. <laughs> well, and it probably did damage because there was no treatment. Oh, my God, yeah. Know. Yes, um, this familial incest may have also led to her mental illness. Obviously, she had to be a very unstable person to have done all the vicious things that she did in her life. And she suffered from depression off and on throughout her life and complained of severe migraines and pain in her ears as an adult. Weird. Mm-hmm. How interesting. Yes. Now, other than that, Elizabeth seemed to have everything going for her. She had good looks powerful lineage, a stellar education. Her family actually believed that a female should have as good of an education as a male. Oh, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, she sucks, but, like, good but for like, her family <laughs> believing that. Yeah. Everyone else is probably like, this is what happens when we educate a woman. <laughs> She's a witch. <laughs> She's yeah. a... Get the lobotomy toolkit. <laughs> yeah. The doctor, uh, Friedrich. For Freeman? Freeman. 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 I almost said Sherman. Freeman. Doctor. Good old Dr. Freeman. Uh, Elizabeth was extremely intelligent, and she spoke like five languages. She could oh. read and write in all of those languages. She learned mathematics, history, other subjects, her favorite of which seemed to be religion, actually. How interesting. Yeah. It's also believed that she was extremely interested in the occult, which could be where she got the notion to, like, bathe in the blood of virgins for That's everlasting. That's what I was thinking. And yeah. Whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's said that things were very off with Elizabeth from a very young age. Oh. <laughs> As a young child, she would have sudden outbursts of rage. She was also subjected to quite a bit of violence during her early years. It was the Middle Ages, after all, and chaos kind of ruled daily life for everyone, especially those with power. Mm -hmm. And her family very much condoned subjecting little Elizabeth to violence. Oh. Yeah. Like, her uncle taught her all about Satanism, and an aunt taught her all about sadomasochism. Oh, okay. You know, Naturally. so getting that good education. <laughs> when Elizabeth was five... There's a story that says she witnessed some unlucky guy oh. get sewn inside of a dying horse as a punishment. Shut up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, was, he was a thief or traitor of some sort that had been caught. Yeah, how dare he? <laughs> it's recorded that Elizabeth laughed when she saw the guy's head sticking out. <laughs> what? <laughs> My jaw just dropped. I know. Big yikes. All right. Anyway, some <laughs> quotes. Unlucky guy. Uh, some unlucky fella. Yes. Now, in 1575, Elizabeth married into another very wealthy Hungarian family of nobility when she married Count Ferenc's yep. majesty. 
I didn't have time to look that one up. Uh, at the ripe age of 15. Oh, they, okay. Yes. They were betrothed when Elizabeth was only 11 years old. What? Mm-hmm. In the world. Like, yes. I know that was normal, but also it's, gross. Yeah, it's still icky. It's <laughs> definitely ew. Eek. Uh, when they married, she kept her own name, and he added hers onto his, actually, because she was of higher social standing. That's a baller That's move on her part. Mm-hmm. You're going to take my name. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there were four and a half thousand people in attendance at their wedding, and this party raged for three days. It's a small wedding. Small, small wedding. <laughs> oh my god! Basically, they basically just like went to the courthouse with <laughs> their friends and family. Might as well call it an elopement. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, side note: this was like bonkers, but it was common practice at the wedding ceremonies of that time. Stop. For the bride and her bridesmaids to cover their faces with a veil. And dance provocatively in front of the groom, while all of them pretended to be the bride. Sexy. And then he had to guess which one was the real her Shut to prove his loyalty. Up. Did he get it right though? I, w- I want to see a situation where they totally guess wrong. Yeah, I guess that he did guess right. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, but he, the count really proved his loyalty before the wedding. Oh no. When Elizabeth got pregnant during her engagement to the count uh, by a peasant boy in town oh yes not by him not by him all by right a peasant boy peasant boy who apparently she had like a relationship with uh, i would yes. hope mm-hmm. not just spontaneous pregnancy <laughs> she gave birth to the Ill- illegitimate child which was like totally hush hush and no one knew about it and they gave the baby away wow but the count found out and tracked the peasant boy down uh-oh. Castrated him and then set dogs on him to tear him apart until he died. I'm sorry, how did he show his loyalty? <laughs> By killing the father of her illegitimate child. Oh, he did that to the father? Yeah. I thought he did it to the son. I was like, oh my God. No, no, no. Okay. The baby. Oh my no, God. the man that she was sleeping with. Okay. Oh my God. Somehow okay, that would have been way worse. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking it's happening to a child. I'm no, like, oh my no. god, that poor kid. Well, I mean, the it was the a kid's like, boy. who are you? Yeah, he probably was her age, like a preteen. Yeah, probably. Oh my god. Either way, yeah. that's so sad. Either way, it's fucked. He's probably like ten. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the her and the count were basically a match made in serial killer heaven. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, this guy sucked by all accounts and was just as cruel as she was. He was a successful soldier, and he was often off fighting the Ottomans, and he would return from war with new ideas of how to torture people, which he would teach Elizabeth. Jesus. Such as tying a naked young servant to a tree and covering her with honey. They would then watch as insects devoured (gasps) the young servant's body. Okay, but how long would that take? Days. Oh my god. Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. I okay, know. anyway, next yes. one. <laughs> or in or. the wintertime. In the wintertime, servant <laughs> girls would be forced to take freezing ice baths or lay naked in the snow. And the couple would then pour cold water over their body and leave them there to freeze. I don't understand some people. I don't know which of those is worse, honestly. I bet they both feel like relatively similar. You know, when you get so cold, like, it's painful. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't, that probably makes no sense. The freezing me. probably takes less time, though, to succumb to the 
You just go yeah, to sleep. You know, yeah. Right, hypothermia. You just mm-hmm. fall asleep, right? Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> so upon Elizabeth's marriage to the Count, they were gifted the Castle Cactus. Probably am saying that way Cactus wrong. Cactus Castle. <laughs> Cactus <laughs> Castle, which was in Hungary but is now in present-day Slovakia. Oh, cool. Yes, um, they were gifted this castle by his family, and together they had four or five children between 1585 and 1595. So I did the math, and this means that she was 25 when she had the first of these four children, um, and 35 when she had the last four or five. Most accounts said four children, but some said five, so I don't know. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So two died as infants, but two daughters and a son survived, apparently. Thank goodness for the son. (laughs) Apparently, Elizabeth would torture some of her victims in front of slash with her children. Awesome. Sounds like she made them participate, and they didn't really have much of a choice. Gotta start them young. (laughs) Now, the Castle Cactis was described as one of the most bleak and gothic castles in all of Hungary, and this is where most of Elizabeth's crimes took place. So, times were hard, and although Elizabeth gained quite a reputation for her wickedness, peasants still kept sending their daughters to work the castle, okay. often selling them for a lump sum of money. And, you know, if the girl died of cholera, like, what of it? That was right, just, who cares? That was an everyday occurrence then. So there was, like, no shortage of young women for her and her husband to torture. Now, the Count finally died in 1604. Thank goodness. Elizabeth was 43 at this time. And this is when rumors of her cruelty really began to heat up and, like, get serious. She seemed to kind of suffer from serious bouts of depression, and she really disliked being alone, by all accounts. So when her husband was dead and gone, she was very much isolated and therefore became even more bloodthirsty than before. And she actually built a torture chamber in the basement of the castle. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Besides depression, she seemed to suffer from almost, like, social anxiety is one way that I would, like, understand it. There's an account of her having to travel for a family funeral, and she apparently snapped all of a sudden inside the carriage and killed multiple handmaids that accompanied her. I'm sorry, what? And buried them along the way. She was just, like, stabbing everybody up in there. Like, for no reason. Wait, you said that. <laughs> just stabbing everybody yeah, up in there. It was a stabbing cabin. Okay. <laughs> so one of these handmaids actually made it to the castle they were headed to and then Thank died goodness. a few hours later. Oh, okay. But Elizabeth claimed she died of cholera. Was that just her go-to? <laughs> uh, yeah. She told, every, like, all these bodies that were piling up. She said, oh, yeah, they died of cholera. Cholera's just running yeah. rampant in the cacti yeah. castle. Mm-hmm. It's not cacti. What cactus. is it? Cactus. But I'm probably saying it wrong, too. So. I just want to call it the Cactus Castle. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It was a pretty prickly place, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Elizabeth would torture servant girls until you could scoop the blood up off the floor by the handfuls. Oh, that gave me chills. Yeah. She would torture until they died, but torture was definitely the main goal for her, and none of her victims died quickly. Wonderful. It would go on for days. Oh, my God. So this torture usually began when a servant girl would mess up in, like, the smallest way when performing their daily chores or duties. Of course. And Elizabeth had creative punishments that would tend to, like, kind of correspond to the the so-called crime that they committed. 
Like, if a servant girl was sewing and she missed a single stitch, oh God. Elizabeth would torture the girl by sticking her with needles. She really enjoyed sticking them underneath fingernails. Okay. And she would then, she would say, like, all these, like, real fucked up things, but she would then say in this case with the needles, if it hurts the whore, she can pull it out. Uh. But when the girl <laughs> thought that, like, Elizabeth was giving her permission to pull the needle out, Elizabeth would cut their fingers off. Shoot. Mm-hmm. That makes my hands hurt. I know. I know. My fingernails, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, pressing them down, like, staying. <laughs> uh, uh, now, the form of torture varied much of the time, but she especially liked to cut them, their noses and lips, very much. Um, sometimes she would sew their mouths closed. Oh, that's just the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, the picture that that like brings in your mind. Anytime they do it in movies, like mm-hmm. I have a really hard time looking at that because it's just so. Oh my god. I know. It's it's yeah. Or when they like rip through it, like they open their ah, mouth. Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Anyway. Yeah. God. Okay. So she would whip girls until they bled out. Ugh. She would starve some girls, beat others to death. Uh, this is really gross. It was recounted by a witness that she would wait until the girls were incredibly thirsty, and then they would only be allowed to cup their hands under another girl while that girl urinated, and then they would have to drink that. Well, in the words of some survivalists, it's sterile. It sure is. It's not nutrient-rich, but it's <laughs> sterile. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's so disgusting. Uh, she really enjoyed biting the girls on the shoulders, cheeks, breasts. She would tear off chunks of flesh with her teeth. And she even made one poor girl cook some of her own flesh and then eat it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very upsetting. What in the world? <laughs> All right. Uh, <gasps> so she would often burn her victims with a red hot iron from the fireplace sometimes even shoving it inside her victim's vaginas. Oh, my God. So it's wondered if her torture had a sexual motive behind it. I was just thinking that. Yes, like how some male serial killers kill to get, like, a sexual release that they can't get otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I, so I was like, I watch a lot of Criminal Minds, and I know that obviously that isn't, like, super scientific or factual. Oh, no, you're an expert now. You're an expert (laughs) So, Abby, yeah. your expert opinion. <laughs> well, they just, they talk a lot about how female killers never kill for, like, a sexual release. Very so I rarely, was like, yeah. Right, so I'm, like, reading this, and I'm like, it sounds like she's could definitely be a little repressed. Yeah. yeah. So I Googled it, and apparently it is a thing, but it's very rare. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, looking at statistics, too, um, the best book ever, The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. Have you read that? that? No. You have to read it. Okay. I say as I'm, like, still in the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) The first chapter is fantastic. I run a book club but have no time to read. Um, (laughs) But he he says, like, he gives this, like, precursor to his book, and Mm -hmm. it says, like, I'm based, this is all based on statistics, so when I'm telling all these stories or scenarios about, because they're all real, Mm -hmm. he's like, when I'm saying these about men, he goes, that's not to be sexist. It's because it's statistically accurate. Right. He was like, most crime is done by men, mm-hmm. which is just crazy. Anyway, right. we can talk way more about that later. Yeah. 
you can borrow it. You'll probably finish reading it before me. But well, I wonder how that'll change as like you know we learn more about gender identity. And I'm like curious that. too because mm-hmm. he he updates he republishes his book often mm-hmm. yeah. and like re- makes a whole new like what's the the foreword mm-hmm. like makes mm-hmm. a whole new one mm-hmm. every time he republishes it. So his yeah. like most recent publish is 2021. Oh, I, th- I think that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. it's very very up to date. Mm-hmm. But he says at least as of right now, like women aren't in these statistics because women aren't the ones committing these types. And he's he's talking about like sexually motivated crimes. Right. So he's saying specifically mm-hmm. that men are the ones committing those crimes. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's what I was going to say next is that. Uh, it's rumored that after the Count's death, Elizabeth carried on a romantic relationship with her favorite female servant. Mm. So that kind of leads me to think that... There it is. She's, like, right. repressed. She has, she has that same sexual urge that, like, a male killer, you know, may have towards women. Right. So who's to say that she isn't motivated by the same thing? Doubled with that right. repression. Right. Doubled with the serial killer tendencies anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like, for a lot of people, I think, you know, like, that, especially if... She, as a child, she was learning about sadomasochism. Like, to how her, it's are normal. those wires not mixed? Right. right. To her, it's totally normal. Right. I digress. Any, anyway. <laughs> so, um, Elizabeth mainly tortured peasant girls um, who came to work the castle. But, obviously, she began to run out of them, <laughs> as you can imagine. I mean, I would hope eventually people would stop sending their daughters. Oh, no. No, of course not. Well, I mean... They just literally ran out. They, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> she killed off the population. She cleared the aisle. Yeah. They were all gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she had to keep hiring more staff, which had to be just such an inconvenience. God for her. forbid. And she started. This is kind of her downfall. She started having girls kidnapped from the countryside, and she turned to killing girls of very low nobility. Who had been sent to the castle to learn better manners. Yeah, what she a ran, weird time. Yeah, she ran like a finishing school for noble girls. Best principal mm-hmm. ever. Yep. But obviously when they started disappearing, this could not be ignored. And these parents were going to turn over every stone trying to figure out what exactly happened to their beloved daughters. You know, like these were daughters that they were like grooming to you know, go on and marry off and... Not like grooming, but like... (laughs) No, 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 but like... (laughs) Like raising to... Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, Carry on their family legacy. Right. Exactly. Now, the body count was adding up, and Elizabeth would often tell those inquiring about all of the mysterious deaths that they had died of cholera. (laughs) Cholera. Yeah, that was the same. Yes. (laughs) Oh, you're a missing daughter? Yeah, cholera. Cholera. And when people started, like, raising an eyebrow at that, she even made up bizarre excuses, like, she said that one girl had gone crazy, killed the other girls, and then herself in a fit of insanity. Sounds right. Yes. Now, local priests actually grew concerned when she asked for them to perform many funeral rites at the castle over the dead serving girls and, you know, the other dead women, and she said that they all died of cholera. And one of these priests actually came to Elizabeth and said, this is a quote, Your grace should not have acted so, because it offends the Lord. And we will be punished if we do not complain to you and criticize your grace. And in order to confirm that my words are true, we need only exhume the body, and you will find that the marks identify the way in which death occurred. Fanciest way of saying, Mm -hmm. we found you out. (laughs) 
Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's one of the only people to actually question her about this because So did he, she, she had... kill him? <laughs> I don't think so, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he wasn't her type. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, like, I would be the last person to complain to her. <laughs> I know. Just be scrubbing yeah. that floor. Well, and I mean, her family was just so powerful that at that time, like, if you had that much power and wealth, you could do whatever you want. Well, I was going to say, you would... You would say, like, it's crazy that no one else had really stepped up to her, but like you just said, they had yeah. so much power. Like, mm -hmm. anybody it, else was essentially nothing. nothing. Right. Yeah. So, and obviously, like, this quote points to the fact that all of the bodies were extremely mutilated from her torture. Right. And right. They weren't due to cholera. <laughs> so, cholera doesn't do that. Yeah. So, this particular priest, and then there were like a couple other, they asked King Matthias to look into it, who was the king of Hungary at that time. And concerned parents of the missing girls also asked the king to look into it. And Elizabeth's cousin, Georgi, <laughs> Georgi, yep. he was he sent or to... He or he. He or he. He or he. Yeah. He or he. He or he. He was sent to Elizabeth's castle to see what was up because King Matthias was hearing all these crazy rumors and he just had to decide whether or not it was true. And Georgi was actually very close to Elizabeth throughout their lives. And when the Count, her husband, had died years earlier, the Count had actually asked him to take care of Elizabeth and their children after his death. Like, they were tight. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, Georgi, he had actually visited the castle many times. And he never really knew of the violence because she would hide it when people would come to visit her. I feel like when it's that hefty of a number, like, I know. are you just being blind to it? Or well, she had the torture chamber in her um, basement, you know, so like she would keep all of it down there most of the time. Okay, and that's fair. Yeah, like he's just walking around going, well, your turnaround's pretty high, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Can't find good help nowadays. Yeah. She's like, they all unionized. Moved on. Cholera, man. Yeah. It's the cholera it's the cacti cholera. castle. Mm -hmm. It's like, I better use hand sanitizer. <laughs> do, do, should I wear a mask when I come in? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's even, there's a, I didn't write this down, but there's a story of her daughter when she got married. They threw like a big wedding for her. And, you know, going back to like the social anxiety, it was like when a big event was happening, Elizabeth would normally kill like a handful of girls awesome to deal with it i guess but imagine the pre-party stress that they must be feeling they're like great who's it gonna, gonna be blow up these balloons perfect <laughs> hang the streamers yeah. right so before her daughter's wedding she forced her daughter to torture to death like three girls in the basement the day of her wedding and then they died during the ceremony oh okay cool right so it's like no one knew that, like, that was going on. Pretty weird wedding ceremony, but... Yeah. So I think that, like, a, a lot of people probably knew, and a lot of people probably didn't know. That, like, and I'm sure when someone that. like her, who's mm -hmm. so in power, mm -hmm. like, even if you kind of knew, you're probably, unfortunately, going to turn a pretty blind eye to it. Yeah. Well, and, like, she was beautiful and charismatic and intelligent, like... Well, like most psychopaths exactly. <laughs> exactly so uh, this time when Georgi was sent to the castle he arrived to town completely unexpected 
Mm. And to his horror, he actually was stepping over bodies when he entered the castle. And he found exactly what she had been up to. Goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah, within this, like, short time that he was there gathering information to, like, arrest her, allegedly over 300 people came forward with accounts and allegations against Elizabeth. So, again, like, people mm-hmm. knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. People people that couldn't do anything about it. Right, either. right. Yes. And there were also dead bodies everywhere, which, I mean, she couldn't really say that they all died of cholera. Oh, they're just mm-hmm. taking a nap. Yeah, I mean, they were buried outside, like, in the, on the castle grounds. They were in the basement. Ugh. Some were in the fireplaces. And I'm sure they're not just laying there. Like, I'm sure they're mm-hmm. horribly, horribly right, mutated. Right, And there were, like, not skeletons. Mutated, yeah, I mean. Goodness. Yeah. Jorge felt guilty about the duty that he had agreed to protect her, though, and he wrote to other family members about what he should do. And they all basically instructed him to keep it as quiet as possible and make a deal with the king. They did not, however, not even one of them, act surprised or argue for her innocence. Oh, okay. They're like, (laughs) yeah, we know. Be quiet about it, though. Uh, Elizabeth and her servants were arrested on December 30th, 1609. Uh, she was charged along with four of her servants for the deaths of 80 people. She had like four servants helping her? Yes. Oh. Yes. And these people were also apparently like extremely messed up. Yes. Awesome. Like they like seem to very much enjoy it. Oh, right. They're there willingly. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, yeah, they were, they were all executed, but one of them was considered to be less horrible than the others. Like she would like sneak food to... Um, like the people being tortured and things like that. So I guess it, she was like, I mean, it totally to evens out. <laughs> Sorry, I, I tortured that. you earlier. Here's a mm-hmm. here's a hunk of cheese or whatever they gave him. Cheese. I don't know. <laughs> They're living. <laughs> I was gonna say bread. I was like, no, 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 cheese. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, though they were charged for 80 murders, it's said that a few witnesses saw a ledger that Elizabeth kept in her room where she wrote all of the names of her victims, numbering 650. Oh, my God. I was going to say it was well over 600. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, and she even, like, wrote little notations by some of the names. And, she like, she had written after one girl's name, too small. That's all she wrote, because Shut apparently up. this girl had bled out quickly and died because she was young and very small. That's awful. I wonder mm-hmm. if that ledger is, like, in a museum or anything. Um, I don't think so. I think that they lost it. Well, that sucks. Which... Well, we should look into yeah. it, and if it's in a place, we'll go. <laughs> uh, no. It wasn't in the Airbnb? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> it's pretty lame. No. <laughs> it wasn't authentic. Oh, Okay. Uh, the servants were all eventually convicted and executed, like I said, mm-hmm. on charges of witchcraft and murder. Because, oh yeah, like they, because of her interest in the occult, like they did seem to practice some sort of witchcraft. I'm sure they did all kinds of weird rituals mm-hmm. with these 650 bodies. Right, right. Um, and they were actually, so her, her servants, they were actually burned at the stake, before wow. which they were tortured, having their fingers torn off by middle tongues. I mean, I feel like yeah. that's only fair. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I can't even cringe at that because they deserve that. Mm-hmm. And probably much worse. <laughs> so to save Elizabeth's family the shame, um, Elizabeth, Jorge, and King Matthias quickly struck a deal. 
uh, because I guess that her family had actually lended money to him in the crown, and he owed her quite a large debt over like the past 10 years. Oh, or wow. Like that. Mm-hmm. And so on this agreement, he no longer owed her family that money. And in return, she would spend the remainder of her days locked in her bedroom with the windows and doors molded shut. I feel like that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) The only opening in the room was a small hole in which they would give her food. Love it. Yes. So a hunk of cheese. At least she was alone, which I said before, she hated isolation. So at least there's that. Um, God, I wonder how insane she went. Well, she died four years later. Wow. Yeah, possibly of suicide, but it's unknown. It was cholera. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely cholera. Definitely, definitely cholera. (laughs) She's missing her head, but it was definitely cholera. No, it was definitely cholera. Yeah. That's what it does. It's fine. (laughs) So my follow-up to this is Elizabeth Bowtree. Did she really do these things? (laughs) (laughs) The evidence is pretty massively stacked against her. Well. Oh, no. It's speculated often about the convenience of Elizabeth's demise for King Matthias. He made no attempts before her conviction to pay her a single cent that he owed her, so it's likely he was certainly looking for reasons to knock her down from power for his own king. Yes, and it seems that a lot of the testimony about her was contradictory and could have been provided under duress. And the king called for the death penalty before Elizabeth's family could intervene. Intervene. Yep. Before her family could intervene. And since calling for the death penalty, that meant that he could seize her lands. Wow. And all of her, yes. Well, I've seen enough TV. That's a motive. <laughs> it sure is. And, I mean, she was like, like, her family was probably, like, the only family more powerful than King Matthias's family. Wow. Total power grab. Mm, absolutely. Let's blame the witchy woman. And she was husbandless, you know. <sighs> so, I God. mean... Shameful. She was kind of an easy target, it seems like. My dad's calling me. Hang on. Hi, Abby's dad, <laughs> who does not listen. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> that, that'd be wild if none of Well, I feel like that's a lot like Lizzie Borden. Like, it mm-hmm. was convenient to blame Absolutely. that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if it's a woman. Yeah. I mean, there's so much evidence. That was evidence, said with a lot of sarcasm. <laughs> like, pointing to the fact that she probably did a lot of this. She probably wasn't blameless, but, like, mm-hmm. was it as bad? Right. Yeah, and that's, like, like as far as, like, bathing in blood goes, this was only recounted in reports 100 years after her death. It's mentioned nowhere in any of the trial testimony, and those accounts did not shy away from gore. Just totally added on. Yes, it's, it's more likely that it was an invention in later It's an attention grab, yeah. And same with, like, the ledger that mysteriously disappeared. True, yeah. Whereas the ledger, something like that, they wouldn't have just lost, Mm. you know, it was probably never there. Right, right. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of people just like to see powerful people be taken down. Oh, I mean, it's obviously an, (laughs) well, especially women, Mm -hmm. it's obviously an interesting story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and like I said before, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Why not add all that stuff on? Yep. So it's unknown how much of it's true and how much isn't. But whatever the truth was, Elizabeth Bowtery's body was put in the Bowtery family crypt after her death. But when the crypt was opened in 1995, her corpse was nowhere to be seen. What? Mm-hmm. Are there is there any speculation as to where no. it is? I have no idea. What? I mean, it's what 
400, 500 years after her death. I mean, it's like a blink of an eye, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's an, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Not gone. nothing. Gone. Wow. Yeah. I wonder that's if she was grave robbed. <laughs> oh, that's wild. Ugh. Mm-hmm. But that's the end of my story. <laughs> I just keep that's Elizabeth Audrey. pressing my fingernails. <laughs> Don't yeah. touch my hands. No. All right. So just to uh, shed a little sunlight. <laughs> Break the tension. Very dark uh, storytelling for you guys today. I have another joke for you. Two jokes this episode. I feel special. <laughs> What happens when a frog parks his car illegally? My brain is just blank. I have no idea. Toad. <laughs> he gets toad. Totally. Toad only. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that was great. Um. So it's so funny because listening to your story about Elizabeth Bouchery. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Yeah. Bouchery. Oh, cool. Bouchery. You got it. Um. There's like weirdly similarities but I mean (laughs) but I mean when you're talking about serial killers it's gonna be similar right and I'm actually gonna talk about that too I I learned something researching this so I wanted to do a serial killer Mm -hmm. and so I I tried to pick one that I'd never heard of because I want to I you know want to benefit from this podcast too and learn a thing or two Mm -hmm. um so I'm gonna tell you about the vampire of Sacramento Mm -hmm. Was his name, was his nickname, not his legal name, obviously. <laughs> his birth certificate. His actual name was Richard Chase. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into it. Have you ever heard of him? Okay. His, his nickname sounds super familiar. So right. I probably have, but I... Super catchy. None of it is stuck in my brain. Awesome. So. so Richard Chase, otherwise known as the Vampire of Sacramento... Born May 23rd, 1950, which you said it, so I had to look it up quickly. That makes him a Gemini, which is totally, totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it'll make sense to everyone after the fact. Sorry, Geminis, but Mm -hmm. yikes. Anyway, um, so Chase was a local of Sacramento, California. Uh, It's said, this is so interesting to me, um, it's said that by the age of 10, he was already exhibiting evidence from all three parts of what is known as the McDonald Triad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't know had a name. I knew mm-hmm. most of them, but I didn't know it had a, a name. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a theory, the McDonald Triad, excuse me, is a theory that suggests the development of violent psychopathy. Mm-hmm. It consists of three factors, and the presence of any two are considered to be predictive of violent tendencies. Essentially, like a precursor to. Can I guess? What? I think I think I know what they are. Can I guess? Yeah, guess. Go for it. Um, bedwetting. Yes. Yes. Uh, torture of animals. Yes. And traumatic brain injury. No. No. Oh. No. Ooh, what's the third one. Okay, I'll tell I'm sorry. you. You can start. No, over. no, it's good. No, I like that. No, um, you were like right there with it. Um, I've never actually thought of that last one. I don't know. Huh. Anyway, so they said three. They call it a triad, but there's also like two additional ones that are just like so obvious that it's included. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so uh, these are predictive of violent tendencies that are often in relation to serial offenders, essentially predicting serial killers. Mm-hmm. So the theory looks at childhood patterns with uh, later predator- predatory behavior. So the triad consists of 
cruelty to animals. Mm-hmm. The next one that you didn't get, obsession with fire and specifically fire oh, starting. Yeah. So like purposeful arson, like okay. over arson. Okay. Um, and unusually persistent bedwetting, which I didn't know that one. <laughs> um, but it's past like the appropriate age, like bedwetting consistently way past like, you know how to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. Um, what? Criminal minds. Criminal minds. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Criminal minds. Um, we've been rewatching, not criminal minds, but we've, um, I'm rewatching, Tanner's watching it for the first time, uh, Mind Hunter. Oh yeah, on Netflix, that. which is I've only ever seen the first mm-hmm. season, so he's I'm rewatching it, and then he's also like watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But it's just so interesting. Serial mm-hmm. killers in general are so in- interesting. If you've never watched Mindhunter, you've got to watch it. Mm-hmm. It's essentially the FBI coining the term serial killer back before mm-hmm. they had a term for it. Yeah. Um, is it Mason? And isn't like the main character's name Mason? Am I wrong? I'm absolutely blanking. It's not Mason. It's a cutie. His name is Holden. 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 It's his last name. I can't remember his first name. It doesn't matter. Anyway, awkward (laughs) pause. Anyway, it's it's a phenomenal show. It's Mm -hmm. so, so interesting. Um, And we're always laughing because they're like, well, look at these consistent patterns of behavior. And the other cops that they're talking to are like, what? (laughs) You think they'd do it again? And it's like, hello. (laughs) It's literally a serial killer. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Anyway. um, No, it's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Yeah, burn them <laughs> at the stake. Anyway, um, so uh, the other two that are also included, but they're, like, too obvious to put in the triad. I don't know. Triad sounds cooler. Um, but obviously, uh, violent behaviors would also qualify, uh, particularly anything, like, relatively homicidal or sexually predatory behavior. Oh. So, like, when kids are, like, assaulting, like, their siblings or, like, their young oh. friends. Like, that is another obvious sign. Mm-hmm. It's also a sign something's happening to them as well. But yeah. um, anyway, this is just one theory. Uh, it does not guarantee by any means that just because a child exhibits these behaviors means they're going to be a serial killer. So it mm-hmm. doesn't mean that necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty obvious. It does guarantee, in my opinion, that they're probably not going to have very many friends. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Our guy, Chase, was interesting to say the least. Uh, It's important to note, very important note, that while growing up, he was a hypochondriac. Hypochondriac. Okay, anyway. uh, Hypochondria is, of course, a person who is excessively and obsessively worried that they have a serious illness. Um, It's been found that this is often stemmed from an inaccurate perception of the condition of their own body or mind. So kind of like false Hmm. perception of themselves, um, despite having any medical diagnosis. So they could be told to their face, you are perfectly fine. And they're Mm -hmm. like, nope, I have cancer or something's wrong with me. Um, So with that in mind, some specific issues Chase had uh, or he would complain about was that he felt as though occasionally his heart would stop beating. He was convinced what? his heart would stop beating. Um, this guy is textbook Looney Tunes. Yeah. So just buckle up. It can only <laughs> get so much worse. Um, obviously, if you think your heart's stopping occasionally, you would be very worried. Um, or more specifically, he would claim, this is how specific it gets, he would claim that someone had stolen, his words, stolen his pulmonary artery. Oh, you should have put that on a valentine. 
<laughs> You've stolen my pulmonary <laughs> artery. I'm sh- we'll work on a pun for that one. Um, now, I'm not a doctor, so I had to look it up. I, I've watched Grey's Anatomy, so I basically have a PhD, but oh, yeah. I don't. I yeah. didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, you, you could go work in a hospital. Yeah, it, it'd be fine, right? Um, so it is actually a very important. It's so specific, which is what blows my mind. Like, this man had to have looked it up somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very important artery that carries our deoxygenated blood from the right side of our heart into our lungs. So very important. So he's convinced someone somehow, without leaving a trace, went into his body and stole it. So he was a little vein. A big vein. Artery. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, so now we've all learned something new. You're welcome. Yeah. I didn't. That's... It, it only, it only, I thought that was crazy until I read the next part. So, uh, Chase also believed that he firmly believed in the powers of diffusion. So like, you know, like the, the idea that we all wanted when we were in school and if you slept on your textbook, like you would just kind of gain the knowledge by being close to your textbook, oh. like diffuse, like cells diffuse. Yeah. I should have wrote down a definition. Anyway, written no, I, down. I got you. Lord. Got you. Anyway. Okay, so he believed very strongly in diffusion, so he thought the best way for him to get vitamin C was to walk around holding oranges to his head. (laughs) Yep. Orange you glad I didn't say banana. Anyway, yeah, so he would walk around holding oranges to his head. Hmm. So you um, heard me right. It doesn't work that way. Apparently not. Um, So I've been doing it wrong for a while, and now I'm concerned. (laughs) Uh, even weirder, he also believed that his cranial bones, so like your skull, the bones in your head, he thought that they were somehow dislodged and were just moving around, like kind of like floating, which sounds disgusting. I'd also be worried. Like who is this guy's biology teacher? I don't know. (laughs) But even with his condition, you know, he wouldn't even listen, right? Someone could tell him that makes no sense. It's not physically possible. And he'd be like, you're wrong. I can feel them moving. So like he would say he could feel them moving. Um, he actually shaved his head so he could monitor his moving <laughs> bones. Up. Yeah. Swear. <laughs> so he shaved his head so he could like keep an eye on his own cranial bones. He was like, it looks like skin. <laughs> I, I swear this lump was in a different place <laughs> than it was yesterday. Wow. Exactly. So like I said, he's textbook Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, unsurprisingly, Chase ended up moving out of his mother's house because, of course, he believed that she was poisoning him. (laughs) Of course. Um, and he rented an apartment with some friends. Uh, it's surprising enough to me that he even had friends. Yeah. Because if I came over here holding oranges to my head, you'd be like, please leave and don't come back. (laughs) Delete my number and don't come back. Mm -hmm. I'm keeping your microphone. Don't come back. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... Anyway, his uh, roommates, however, unsurprisingly, had some pretty big issues with him. No. Right. No way. It's crazy, right? Just roommates always complaining about something. Mm-hmm. Um, so despite, or um, on, not despite, on top of being a hypochondriac, he was also constantly under the influence, whether that be alcohol, marijuana, or even LSD which I feel like cannot help your situation. Mm-hmm. If you're already freaking out about things that aren't real, yeah. I think LSD's the wrong way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, is this like the 70s? When is this? Yes, actually. Okay. Like early, early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, if not like late 60s. Mm. 
Uh, so he was also an avid believer of staying in the nude, despite the presence <laughs> of company or his roommates. This so guy. <laughs> I, ideal roommate, you know, just constantly tripping on drugs and walking around naked. Like, what is like his Craigslist his Craigslist ad look like? <laughs> Not so nudist. <laughs> <laughs> you like walking around in the nude and doing drugs? Me too. No pets. <laughs> uh, no pets. Twelve hundred dollar deposit. <laughs> Uh, cash up front. Um, exactly. So his roommate's freak. <laughs> if you leave one dish in the sink, I swear to God. No. <laughs> exactly. Um, so like roommates would do, they actually approached him a couple of times and um, got to the point where they just insisted he's got to go. They were like, you have to move out. You got to go. Unsurprisingly, he refused. He said, nope, I'm not moving out. <laughs> so all his roommates packed their stuff and they left instead. Wow. They absolutely did not want to be around him. They wanted nothing to do with him, which I don't know why. <laughs> he sounds great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so now alone in his apartment, having so much room for activities, Chase would start to capture, kill, and disembowel all kinds of animals. In the apartment. Oh, no, not the animals. And um, he's he's not a neat freak. Um, This next part's a little gross. Uh, He would then take what he pulled out of these animals, and he would either eat them raw, or, which, if you're fine eating them raw, I don't know why you would do this, he would then take some Coca-Cola and the body parts, and he would blend them and then drink them in a blender and drink it. (sighs) Ew. Oh my god. I, like, the worst parts of my brain just want to know what that tastes like, but I don't. Oh my god. Because now it's a drink. Anyway, don't judge me. Now it's a drink. I'm not going to drink it. I'd be like, ew, what's it taste like? Have you, have you, like, heard about that new... Oh god. Plant-based meat that's supposed to taste (laughs) like human flesh? No. What? Yeah. Why? Wait, but I want to know how they knew what it tasted like. That's what I'm saying. You watch The Office, right? Yeah. There's, because Peacock is putting on, like, all the deleted scenes now for the Superfan episodes, Mm -hmm. and there's an episode, and it's like, oh, God, I cannot remember the context, but of course it's Creed, and he's like, (laughs) you shouldn't boil the flesh. Boiling flesh makes it rubbery and distasteful. And it's like, (laughs) oh, okay. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so he would take Coca-Cola and the the bowels of these animals, blend them, and drink them. Like some people do Jack and Coke. (laughs) Little striped straw, you know, like Mm -hmm. kind of milkshake vibes. Right. Um, Why? Why do you ask? Why? Um, Because he believed that his heart was shrinking. And (laughs) the only way to prevent his heart shrinking was by drinking this. I don't know. I don't think he had a heart I've at never, all. I've, <laughs> I've never met a hypochondriac, but it sounds mm-hmm. miserable because yeah. clearly none of these are sensical. Like, it's all nonsensical. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you're thinking it. He did actually spend some time in a psych ward. I was just going to ask that. Yeah, he, he spent some time there. Um, he did spend a brief stint in 1973, uh, making him um, around the age of 23. Uh, then he was later <laughs> involuntary committed again. 
involuntarily mm-hmm. committed again just mm-hmm. three years later in 1976. Um, I'm not sure why he was in the first time. I feel like we could have picked any of the reasons I just said, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, in 1976, though, he was committed because he was found, and I don't know who found him, maybe his mom, I don't know, um, but he was found injecting rabbit's blood, rabbit's blood into his veins. Um, and I don't know why. Well, didn't kill him? Apparently not. He had to have been sick, though. There's no way you could do that and be fine. Right. So, literally injecting rabbit's blood. And then, while in this psych ward, he was a freaking menace. Like, immediately, zero to 100 menace. So, after being admitted, he actually caught two birds that flew into the facility. Like, you know, like birds fly into the building sometimes. Mm -hmm. He caught them. Broke their necks, uh, then promptly drank their blood of the birds. He's a weirdo, uh, to say the least. Um, He would also, this makes me so sad because they're just trying to do their job. He would also often, often get caught stealing blood from the therapy dogs that would visit the facility. Oh my God. With stolen syringes. So this man would steal syringes, take blood from the dogs, and then I'm sure we can all guess what he did with it. He either injected it or drank it. I mean. Why would they allow the dogs to be near him? I don't know. It sounds sneaky. Like I just, in the funniest of ways, I just picture him like slinking around (laughs) with a stolen syringe. Like I would imagine they'd be like, not you, Dracula. So they actually, the staff nicknamed him Dracula because of his Mm -hmm. weird, he had like this weird fixation with blood, which goes into his nickname, the Vampire of Mm -hmm. Sacramento. So like any anything, every instance that I've already told you, and from here on out, he's drank the blood, every time. So it only gets worse. So um, gross. It just keeps getting worse. Like if that's gross, just wait. Mm, good. Unfortunately, I gave myself chills like writing this, so I was like, oh, can't wait to talk. Some of these <laughs> things, I'm like, I'm gonna have to say this out loud <laughs> on recording. Yeah, I feel that way often, you know. Yeah, I'm like. Mm, Okay, anyway. Well, as I was, like, researching serial killers, like, so many that involved children, I'm like, I'm personally not ready for that. Like, I can't talk about that. That Mm -hmm. makes me so sad. Yeah. More than sad. But, okay, anyway, so back to Chase. So during his stay in the psych ward, he was actually diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. So hypochondriac. Right, shocker. (laughs) Paranoid schizophrenia. Man's clearly got some issues. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the psychiatric ward, and you know, like, treatments back then probably just made things worse. Dude, they should have lobotomized him. I, I'm mad they didn't, honestly. Do. Like, this is when a lobotomy would be beneficial. Yeah. Um, he was sadly not lobotomized. Um, I guess the lobotomobile had been parked. I don't know. <laughs> um, they put him yeah. through what they called, quote, a battery of treatments, which sounds awful. Yeah, it does. Um. And they used a word that I was not familiar with. They all those that battery of treatments involved psychotropic drugs. Or psychotropic. Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's um, like mushrooms. I think I, that could totally be wrong, but I think it's. it's I, like, I don't think you're wrong. I think it's worse than mushrooms. But so I looked it up because oh, I. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. T- I'll tell you. <laughs> We're gonna learn new things today. Um, so I wasn't very familiar with psychotropic, but that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just quickly looked it up. It's essentially pharmaceuticals that contain a chemical substance that can change the nervous system of the person. Permanently? 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Which sounds to me more like acid, right? Yeah, like yeah permanent. I don't know if it messes with your nervous system, but it, like, permanently messes with your brain. Hmm. And, like, people that do it years down the road can be triggered and go right into another trip. Wow. Have you heard that before? No. Okay. This, That's wild. This part... God, not me, but this person I knew in college was telling us about it, and he had he had done acid before, and um, I won't say his name, but he had done it before, and, like, still to that day that, like, we knew him, like, certain things would trigger it again. Like, it permanently alters your brain chemistry is what it does. Oh, my God. So, like, you, you do it once, you're no, done. thank you. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I was like, I'm fine with the way my brain is. Yeah. Um, so it permanently changes the nervous system, altering somebody's perception, mood, consciousness, cognition, and behavior. So essentially like a pharmaceutical version of a lobotomy. Mm-hmm. It's what it sounded like to me, but less intense. Um, either way, still very intense stuff. Uh, within the same year, Chase was actually deemed to be no longer a danger to himself and society and was released into his mother's custody, which... I'm sorry. As soon as he grabbed the birds, I'd be like, mm, yeah. you're done. You're staying here. for. You're right. done. You're done. You're right. staying here. Absolutely. But they released him to his mother's custody. His mom then worked. Mom sounds super supportive. I don't know how she did it. So yeah. even though he left her house thinking she was poisoning him, clearly <laughs> she's not the crazy one in the relationship. Um, she actually helped wean him off the drugs that they had him on. Um, and the medication, and then even helped get him back on his feet and into a new apartment. So she, mm. like, was really there for him. Uh, which somebody so sad. Yeah, somebody like that, though, I'd be like, mm, you probably shouldn't live alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did all that for him. He ended up living with roommates again, which, again, <laughs> I want to know what his Craigslist ad said, like you said. Oh, my, it had to be had to be convincing. His mom <laughs> definitely wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> unsurprisingly like sweet boy (laughs) sweet boy looking for some other sweet boys i don't know whatever (laughs) men only (laughs) anyway um have you seen those ads recently it's like male looking for female for one bedroom apartment rental like (laughs) they get so specific it's creepy i'm like please nobody accept this yeah because it's sketchy we've seen enough for me dog (laughs) Right. We've seen enough criminal minds. <laughs> um, so he lived with roommates again in this new apartment that his mom got him, who unsurprisingly eventually all moved out, leaving him on his own again, mm-hmm. which we know what he typically does on his own. Oh, my God. Just a year later, um, and this was kind of like a random encounter. Like, it was like, oh, also this happened at one point. Just a year later, he was actually arrested by the police after being found in Pyramid Lake, Nevada, or Nevada, depending on where you're from, um, covered in blood. <laughs> Just big warning like, sign. He out was in public. So he was driving around in his truck. Oh my god! And they pulled him over because he was covered in blood. What about the upholstery? Ruined. Let's hope he had leather <laughs> seats or something or a cover. I don't know. So he was covered in blood, and then there was also an additional bucket of blood in his truck. So he, he's go. wackadoo. Like, he's covered in blood. Oh he's got a bucket God. of blood. He just came from Spirit Halloween. Like, he's ready. No. Um, I didn't say when it was, but I would imagine it's not Halloween. They pull him over. He's like, it's ketchup. <laughs> I really like ketchup. Um, you want some? Anyway, it tastes real good. It stops your heart from shrinking. Um, 
Oh my god. Anyway, so <laughs> they obviously booked him for a little while. They ran the blood. Once they, which, oh, again, I feel like a poor decision. They ran the blood. It turned out it was just cow's blood. Oh, just cow's blood. Just, right. Just cow's blood. And then they let him go. Like, nobody questioned what happened. What'd you do to the cow? How many cows? Anyway, so they just, I obviously still have some pressing questions, but they just let him go. They were like, oh, it's its cow's blood. You're good to go. But yeah. I mean, this is like early, mid-70s. So they're like, ah, oh, you're fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Didn't milk him for more information. They said, move on. Anyway, I'm so sorry. <laughs> said, how dare he. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cheese. I don't know. Cheese. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so later... Later in 1977, so now we're reaching like the late 70s, on December 29th, Chase killed his first human victim. Ambrose Griffin was a 51-year-old engineer and father of two. Oh my god, no. Chase killed him in a drive-by shooting. What? And that's all I know. Right. Very, it seems very random. Yeah, But again, what? we're dealing with someone who's very paranoid, has clear medical issues right. who knows what was going on in his head but kill, killed ambrose in a drive-by shooting um two weeks later he attempted to get into a woman's home uh though once he realized the doors were locked he immediately gave up and left <laughs> um chase then chase later shared with detectives that a locked door meant that he wasn't welcome whereas an unlocked door was essentially an open invitation which is such a common thing with serial killers didn't like bundy do something similar yeah or the who um, was the serial killer that killed mm, a, lot, a bunch of nurses oh never mind yeah you're talking about bundy i think that was bundy right anyway well, no because he would abduct girls into his car he did co like co-eds anyway yeah. we'll look into it but yeah <laughs> so it's it's not uncommon with serial killers to see you you didn't take that extra step to lock your door you must want somebody like me to come in mm -hmm. which Oh, my God. Clearly not normal. Mm -hmm. um, and he shared that with detectives. Uh, on one occasion inside an unlocked home, uh, he was rifling through these people's things for the couple to come home and find him. What? Which, what the heck? Like, some, you come home and somebody's rifling through your stuff. Um, they chased him out. Unfortunately, though, not before he urinated and defecated on their infant child's bed and clothing. So he comes into a house, <laughs> lets loose, and then just starts going through your stuff. Yeah. So he's also, I say, he's like the worst criminal ever. Anywhere he goes, he <laughs> leaves like inarguable evidence behind <laughs> like his dna <laughs> li literally like come and get me like he's obviously we're obviously dealing with someone who's very unstable so he's not thinking mm -hmm. let me not urinate and defecate all over this child stuff right um anyway so they obviously knew pretty immediately that he did it <laughs> anyway about a month later january 23rd 1978 chase entered the home of then pregnant Teresa wallen <gasps> and shot her three times. Oh my god. Um, if you're not a fan of graphic stories, it only gets worse from here. So I would suggest you cover your ears or hit the little 15 second button. Um, maybe <laughs> a couple I times. Mute <laughs> <laughs> Can you mute yours? Um, cover your ears. Anyway, 
Um, so this is where Chase's behavior really escalated. So he walked in, saw Teresa Whalen, and shot her three times. After shooting and killing Teresa, he then proceeded to have sexual intercourse with her body while actively stabbing her body with a butcher's knife. Oh my god. Which brings horrible, horrible images to mind. Afterwards, he then removed multiple organs from her body, cut off one of her nipples, and then drank her blood. Just one nipple? Just one. He didn't need the other one. One was enough. Okay. Anyway, as if... her blood. Yep. As if that weren't enough before leaving, which I feel like this, like we were talking about earlier, says so much about the type of the crimes that he's doing. Um, he went into the backyard, found dog feces, and shoved it down her throat before leaving. <gasps> yeah. So oh, just utter humiliation and disregard for her as a human being. Yeah. Um, oh my god, that's so disgusting. So, absolutely awful. Um, so that was, because I just want to repeat it again, so that was January 23rd. Just a matter of days later, January 27th, literally days later, mm-hmm. He entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Miroff, and I hope I'm saying her last name right. Upon entering the house, he first ran into her friend who was over, Danny Meredith, whom he promptly shot and killed. He then shot Evelyn, her six-year-old son, and her 22-month-old nephew. Oh my god. Monster doesn't even begin to describe. Yeah. Um, Once everyone was killed, and again, only gets worse, once everyone was killed, Chase then mutilated Evelyn by engaging in necrophilia and cannibalism with her corpse, which the word cannibalism alone makes my skin crawl. (laughs) It's, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, A visitor, actually, like a neighbor, showed up to like come see Evelyn um, and knocked on the door, scaring and surprising Chase as he's like mid- Really? Defilement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, He, so annoyingly, unfortunately, he was able to escape. Um, He grabbed Danny's car keys, got out of the house, stole his car, and fled. Right. Um, But uh, anyway, so the interrupting visitor ran to the nearest neighbor, um, because this is like 70s cell phones, like, weren't a thing, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the the visitor Mm -hmm. ran to the nearest neighbor, um, who then did the natural thing and called the cops. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So, like I said before, Chase is, like, the worst criminal ever and leaves evidence everywhere he goes. So, once the cops arrived, they actually had perfect handprints and footprints of him in the house and around the victims. Um, Obviously, there was a good amount of blood, and that's where they found his handprints and footprints. Mm -hmm. So, they were able to identify him pretty immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, He was then arrested very shortly afterward. Uh, To the... This is wild to picture. To the absolute horror of the police who searched his apartment after his arrest, they found that Chase's walls, ceilings, floors, refrigerator, and every last one of his eating and drinking utensils was positively soaked in blood. Everything Uh, in this man's apartment was soaked in blood. Like, dried blood? Or like... I don't know. Floor to ceiling, just either way, smeared, covered, covered in blood, which begs the question, where did it come from? Well, it's like the average human 
if you drain like the average human's blood, it's like you've only got five a few times. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not enough for that. <laughs> Right, so did he, you know, sacrifice a few more cows, or were these other people, you know? Oh my God. Anyway, so I can't imagine what must have gone through that officer's head when they entered his apartment, and it's just blood. Like, you can't even walk without stepping on it. Blood everywhere. It's horrific. Um, so the, the craziest thing about him, or not craziest, but Chase committed all of these murders, all six murders, in the span of one month. Which is crazy, because like I told you, they were only days apart. So like in a month, he did all wow. of this. Um, the next year, in 1979, Chase then went on trial for six counts of murder. Um, un understandably so, his defense, his defense worked to avoid him receiving the death penalty and went instead for pleading guilty of second-degree murder, um, which would have apparently just earned him a life sentence instead of the death penalty. Mm. Um, this was a tough case, of course, due to his, his, his extensive history of mental illness. Right. He was obviously unstable. Right. Um, his defense leaned into this very heavily and suggested that none of his crimes had been premeditated. That was essentially their defense. He didn't mm -hmm. go in planning to do these things. Clearly, yeah. he walked around fairly often checking people's doors. I mean, yeah. it's like um, even now, people will wander and just pull on car handles to see mm -hmm. if it's open. Um, so essentially his defense pleaded insanity, which is very hard to prove anyway. Um, thankfully for we, the public, um, these pleas by his defense were rejected. On May 8th, 1979, Chase was found guilty on six counts of first degree murder and was sentenced to death by gas chamber, mm. which is wild. Gas chamber? Gas chamber. Wow. Yes. What state was this? Oh, Sacramento. California. California. Yeah. yeah, California. Wow. <laughs> um, a little while he was waiting to um, receive his death penalty, it's said that uh, while he was in prison, due to the violent, cannibalistic nature of his crimes, they were that was well known by his fellow inmates, and people were terrified of him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. They kept their distance, which... Mm. I don't blame them. Yeah. I If I knew someone was a cannibal, mm -hmm. I'd keep my distance as well. Yeah. Um, especially an unstable one. Mm. Uh, well, can you be a stable cannibal? Probably not. Probably <laughs> not. Right. Probably not. You're like, this prison food sucks to begin with. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Let me get something a little more fresh. Anyway, <laughs> that's disgusting. Anyway, we're not condoning cannibalism. All right. We're not. We're going to have a talk. Anyway, um, so he was, like I said, he was greatly feared by the other inmates, and they would often try to convince him to commit suicide. Well, that's... Which... It's problematic, but... Everybody needs a little bit of bullying, though, but, like, this might have been too far. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't I can't say I blame him, though. This guy's It sounds like creepy. he probably was definitely... Like, he, he should have gotten that, like, insanity plea. I would have plea. almost argued that mm -hmm. insanity is perfect here. But, yeah, it's... But he would essentially get away with all those crimes as I well. Know, and somebody has to pay for all... I mean, they were children. I, a pregnant woman, yeah. children. I mean, awful. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so while he wasn't getting um, suicide coercion from his inmates... Uh, <laughs> while in prison, Chase actually did a series of interviews with Robert Ressler... Who I'd never heard of before, but he was an FBI agent and an author. 
um, where he in these interviews just sounds, he sounds absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Again, that insanity please looking pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, he apparently within these interviews with wrestler uh, shares his fears of Nazis and UFOs. Mm. He also claims that he had no choice but to kill those people as it was the only way that he could stay alive and that he argues that anybody would have done what he did to stay alive. So again, having that paranoid like thought of, I have to do this mm -hmm. or I'm going to die, which who knows what his, his mm -hmm. rationale doesn't make any sense, obviously, but so that was his not, thinking. Do you not get like psychiatric help if you're on death row? Like, shouldn't he have been medicated? He was. Oh, he was medicated. Oh, he, and he's still. Oh, he's still crazy. Yeah, he's just crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how wrestler could have possibly kept a straight face during these interviews. I would have, <laughs> I would have lost it. Yeah. We'd also be through like a thick plate of glass because I don't want to <laughs> be near him. Um, so Chase uh, had asked wrestler at one point to give him a radar gun, um, so he could like. I, the only thing I can think of is like a, a speed gun, like a radar gun, right? Yeah. What else would that be? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So he wanted a, a speed radar gun. Um, that way he could actually catch the Nazi UFOs. So the Nazis now have UFOs. Wrestler was like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, which I'll argue is not weirder than when he started to pull macaroni and cheese out of his pockets by the handful. <laughs> Like, this man is, I feel like, definition insane. This man hey, is I would not stable. <laughs> it makes me think of, um, oh, my God, what's the show where he pulls tater tots out of his pocket? Oh, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, he just yeah. pulls tater tots. Oh, my God. Anyway, okay, so he starts pulling, in these interviews, he starts pulling out macaroni and cheese out of his pockets, which, like, <laughs> it's not chicken nuggets. Like, it's not human flesh. What, I mean, hey, you're right. You're, I'm saying, like, it's going to make a mess was more my... <laughs> My direction, but sure. You don't have to wash those clothes. <laughs> true, true. Anyway, um, he'd, of course, of course, he'd been stashing this macaroni and cheese in his pockets. Um, he'd been hoarding this large, it was a large, it was a weird amount. Like, not like any amount of mac and cheese in your pockets is normal. But this was like <laughs> too much. a lot. <laughs> so this is a lot of mac and cheese. Um, he'd been hoarding it, of course. Um <laughs> He had a good reason, though. Don't worry. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to guess the reason why he was hoarding large amounts of mac and cheese? It's something I've already said. It's a thought he's had before. Oh God. He's uh, had many. I don't know. You don't know. Okay. Um. Because of course the uh, prison guards were obviously poisoning in, him. They were no worse than that. They were in league with the Nazis and were trying to poison him. So you're halfway right. Yeah, so, you know, naturally, prison guards are in league with Nazis, and they're trying to poison him through his food. So, pocket noodles is the way to go. <laughs> pocket pasta. Pocket pasta. Trademark, trademark. trademark. Anyway, um, so he was hoarding, <laughs> storing, and eating his pocket pasta. I can't even say that with a straight face. His pocket <laughs> pasta. His pocket mac and cheese. Oh, my God. Again, I, I don't know how wrestler kept a straight face. Pocket if someone pasta. just went... Here you go. It's impossible to refuse. I just held out a hand of this dripping like mac and cheese. Like, I would lose it. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, 
on the this is this is the end of my story. This is the last I have to say about we Chase. We have fun. <laughs> we have we have fun. I'm making light of criminals. Anyway, um, on December twenty sixth, nineteen eighty. I mean, this happened Day very after quickly. Christmas. Yeah. Um, his inmates got what they wanted for Christmas. Aww, Santa delivered. <laughs> yes. So Chase was actually found dead in his uh, cell, death by suicide. So he did really? kill himself. It wasn't um, the poisoned food. It was not the poisoned food, believe it or not. Um, he actually overdosed on his prescribed medication for depression. So he also had depression, um, which was just one of, I would hope, just one of the medications he was receiving. <laughs> yeah. um, instead of taking his medication, he'd been stockpiling it over weeks. So he had been planning. This wasn't just like a whim thought. He'd been planning to kill himself. Anyway, um, so that is the story of Richard Chase, the Vampire of Sacramento. Wow. Um, and we've got to have another movie night because, but <laughs> you better believe it, there's a movie based on him and his crimes. Oh, good. <laughs> um, it was released in 1987, so it's a good late 80s film. Uh, it's called Rampage, which, wow. if you could sum it up in a word. Yeah, really. Really. Yeah. So, anyway, movie night. You know, like, I find that fascinating that he was so far gone yet had the mental capacity to hoard drugs for such a long period of time right or make the decision yep i'm going to kill myself like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's gotta be i would imagine that's a pretty tough decision to yeah. come to let alone like you said mm -hmm. store it save it and mm -hmm. like oh yeah day after christmas i would hope that maybe it was sparked by like a moment of mental clarity where he Maybe. possibly realized like oh my god just how awful the things that he did were and then like the the sad thing it's just the sad thing is all of I, it. they knew <laughs> all of it yes all of the above but they knew for so long how unstable he was like i said at the beginning they knew since age, he was age 10 yeah. he was already showing those signs mm -hmm. of potentially being a serial killer which is the whole purpose of Mindhunter. anyway um <laughs> Which is such an interesting theory anyway, because then you get into the theory, like, do you punish somebody before they commit a crime? Because yeah. they're clearly showing that right. they're going to commit a crime. Right. It's, right. it's such a tough theory. Anyway. Oh, anyway. Gosh. So, yeah. yeah, that is the vampire of Sacramento. Yeah, he wow. drank the blood of all his victims and animals that he came across. Lot to unpack there. Yeah, super. <laughs> makes me kind of lose my appetite, especially yeah. for red wine. Makes me hungry for mac and cheese. I <laughs> know. Oh, I want mac and cheese. Oh, that's disgusting. Anyway. Anyway, thanks for listening, oh. guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We've we've missed you. We're so glad to be back. Yes. Thanks for hanging in there. Yeah. Thanks for waiting that extra day for us. <laughs> Abby, you're not allowed to leave anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, follow us everywhere. Everywhere. Person. Um, please send in your stories so I can start yes. doing some spooky stories on TikTok. And I apologize. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty pretty dry lately. Oh, that's okay. Um, but we're on pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. Follow us everywhere. What's our email? Um, our email is icecreamsocialpod at gmail.com. Love it. And then on, we're, we're on Facebook now. We have a page, which is just Ice Cream Social Podcast. And then everything else where we have a handle, it's at Ice Cream Social Podcast. Yes. If you listen on any of the podcast streamers like Spotify, Apple, mm -hmm. whatever, Please rate us, leave a review. Yes. Um, only if it's good, though. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then please, please, please share with all your friends. Mm -hmm. That is how we've been getting the most viewers. Um, we're over, we're well over three hundred now. Yeah. Which is which blows my mind. Mm -hmm. And we're, I'm, 
I know you are too. We are so, so grateful. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're so grateful. And you know, like if, if you share one time that might reach five people or even one person who might listen to us. So, you know, you sharing really, really impacts our listeners. So, well, finding new listeners. It impacts us. It impacts us. That's what matters. No, we appreciate it. We appreciate you. And we love you guys. You're awesome. Yeah, we love you. Talk to you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.